0: Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby Say Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the can, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't going to tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. I think I need to tell y'all something. I need to give you a little bit of encouragement. It's not in the sermon, and I think it's not in the sermon because God wanted it to be stand-alone. But a lot of you are really trying to die to self and i i know that (laughs) it's not called being a little uncomfortable with self it's not called you know uh, dying is like i mean it's final right and i've been through that this week i i kind of call it success let down a little bit because the conference was so amazing but afterwards is, is when the devil, when, you, when you're way up here, that's when the devil wants to attack you. And so all week long, and I know it's not me, I've heard some other people that, uh, that maybe this week has been a little rough on you. But I want to tell you that it was rough on me too. And I hung in there. I, wa- I wasn't perfect, but I was dang sure better than if I would have just let myself go. So if you are one of these that are uh, just struggling, You're trying to follow Christ. You know that's the way you should go. God has instilled that upon your heart. Man, don't give up. Don't give up. You can do this. And you know what? We need God and we need his strength. And his strength comes uh, most evident when it is very difficult. So if you've been struggling this week or, or maybe there's just an uneasiness in your spirit, man, keep it up. Don't give up. Keep going. If you want to follow along, we're going to be in Numbers chapter 14. Get your phones out if you want to use your phones. Get your Bibles out if you want to do that. So uh, <laughs> I've told this story before. I just don't know if I've told it on stage. And everybody's just going to have to be an adult and just find humor, okay? <laughs> it's pretty bad whenever you got to preface a story with that. Um i only have half a pancreas because of a uh basically a defect that i was born with a birth defect and it caused some problems had to have half my pancreas removed and that's continued on some problems that i have that i've just learned to live with and so one of the last times i was in the hospital i have i've probably had six stents put in my bile duct and uh because it's part of the problem and um one of the last times I had a, had a stint put in, I was still in the hospital. And of course, I had my uh, cowboy hat on. I had my gown on and I had my uh, old man gray sweats. Y'all know what those are, right? Man, you, you ain't, man, if you ain't, if you're a man and you ain't got them gray sweats, go get you some. Okay. It's masculine. All right. So I had one of them old man gray sweats on and Anyway, I've walked out with my IV pole cause nothing is sexier than an IV pole, right? So I can't, thank you, Blake. Uh, anyway, i'm I'm walking outside cause I'm just about to have yeah you know, I'm about to have a runaway laying in bed and cause I'm I'm hurting, but I'm fine right? Because cowboys learn to live with pain, but they won't let me go yet. And so anyway, I walk out of my hospital room, pushing my pole. And I look over and there's this young, young, probably physical therapist or a physical therapist aide or something helping this elderly woman. And it looks like she's had back surgery or something because she's got this big brace on. And, you know, she's got the walker and she can barely go anywhere. And you can tell she's really struggling. So I thought I'd offer her some encouragement. So I pulled up along next to her and I said, Hey. She stopped. She looks up at me and said, you want to race? She looked back down, took a deep breath, and I thought she was going to get on to me or something. She looked back up up at me, and she goes, cowboy, we can do whatever you want to (laughs) do. I laughed so hard, and I gave her the biggest hug, and I said, you lifted my spirits, and she said, you lifted mine too, cowboy, and anyway, I got to be friends with her, just we would walk together, and like, it's amazing that an 85-year-old woman made me feel like a man, right, look at me, right, wow, sometimes something is said just makes you feel good, right? Even if it's made in jest, man, because every man out there likes to feel like a man. He likes to feel masculine, right? It's built into our DNA. Actually, it's who God created us to be. But I wish that I'd heard said about me what God said about another man in the Bible. Today, we're talking about... Uh, masculine integrity. And it comes from our Bible study. We're doing a Bible study right now by uh, John Eldridge, Wild at Heart. And it was in the study guide. It was nowhere in the Bible study itself. It was just in the study guide for leaders. And there was two words in there, and it said masculine integrity. And for some reason, man, God is just speaking to me through that because in the world today, there's an attack on, on real masculinity. You know, guys and I know you, I know the same, I feel the same way, man. If you try to be a man, somebody says that you're toxic. Then if you try to be a nice guy, you're wishy-washy or you're lotiony-handed. We can't win, guys. But I think that what God is leading you men, you fathers, you brothers, you uncles, you grandparents, whatever you, whatever title you have, God is calling us to be masculine, but with integrity with integrity in numbers chapter 14 verse 24 this is what god says about a man and at the end of my life i hope that god would say something similar about me and it is full of masculine integrity my servant caleb not you I mean, you you probably fit this too. I'm not taking it, but I was I was watching him, and when I said it, he looked up. He wasn't. He was on Facebook before that, but now that I'm talking about, not really. I'm joking. He woke up. Yeah, he's been with 150 horses for two weeks. Uh, my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly. Man, wouldn't you like God to say that about you? He said. My servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly. Man, that is, that is a man's man. Because, you know, we think about a man after God's own heart. Yeah, that, God said that about David. But God didn't just reserve compliments to men. It wasn't just with David. It was even with Caleb. My servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly. What can we learn about what God wants from men from the life of a slave turned leader of Israel? The story of Caleb. Let's go through it. Very first thing that God says is, my servant, my servant, chosen to be, who was Caleb? Caleb was chosen to be one of the 12 spies, okay? And so if you're not you know, real keen on biblical history. That's fine. That's why we're here is to teach that. And so basically what happens is the story of Caleb comes after the Exodus, after God uses Moses to bring the people out. And a lot of people, you you may learn something with this, even you old hands. Did you know that when they crossed the Red Sea, 11 days later, they arrived at the promised land? And that's when the 12 spies went in. 11 days after crossing the Red Sea, they made it to the promised land. And God asked each tribe of Judah, Israel, Ephraim, you know, so on and so forth, to send one person in to represent that tribe to scout out the promised land. Caleb is chosen by the tribe of judah he's chosen to be one of the 12 spies sent into the promised land to scout it out he was one of two slaves to make it to the promised land because see what happened is uh when they came back they all went their separate ways when they came back only caleb and joshua joshua was out of the tribe of ephraim they're the only two that said yeah this land is amazing let's go get it because the other ten were like The people are too big, they're too mean, their cities are too fortified, there's no way we can do it. And it kind of sounds like this argument, right? But a lot of people don't realize that the argument became so bad that Moses and Aaron and Joshua and Caleb basically had to go to the tent of meeting where God was, and God had to protect them from the rest of the Israelites, stoning them to death, you want to talk about ungrateful? Eleven days ago, you were a, uh, a slave in Egypt. You have seen all the plagues. You have seen uh, the angel of death come in and kill the firstborn of everybody that didn't worship God, right? And eleven days, you saw the, uh, the Red Sea part. I mean, my gosh, only eleven days later after seeing all of that, they're like, no, this is too much for God. But not Caleb not Joshua. And then what happened? 11 days after crossing the Red Sea, God became angry with the Israelites and was going to kill them all. But Moses interceded. And for the next 40 years, they wandered in that same area. It only took them 11 days to cross. And Caleb was still a leader. You know, a lot of times a joke between me and Ty and Mitch and Blake and Sarah and everything is like, can't you see what I'm doing for you, God? Well, we don't hold a candle to what Caleb went through. Caleb did exactly what God wanted him to do. He was faithful. He was all of this. And then he came back and it all went to crud. 40 years. Caleb was 40 years old. He spent the first 40 years of his life as a slave. He spent the next 12 days or, yeah, 12 days getting to the promised land. He goes, and he goes to the promised land. And then he has to spend 40 more years going through the, de- uh, the desert. And at 80 years old, he got to enter the promised land. As only one of two people that started out as a slave in Egypt, him and Joshua, Caleb and Joshua, were the only two to see the promised land that were slaves in Egypt. That's what being a servant of God will get you. There's only one way. Well, that was at 80 years old. Then five years later, they're still cleansing the promised land, right? At 85 years old, he led a battle against three sons of Anak, which was a giant in that day. You know, the very ones that they were scared of? At 85 years old, Caleb led a battle against three of the sons of Anak. What an amazing servant of God. What can we learn from that? There's only one way to leadership in the kingdom of God, and that is through servanthood. At no point during all of this, I mean, obviously, Caleb was a servant of God. He he was a leader of his household. He put the blood of the lamb over the doorpost so him and his family survived, blah, blah, blah. He goes through here. Every single minute of Caleb's life, he was a servant to God. See, you can't be a true leader of people without being a servant of God because God is gives us the strength to lead. God gives us the wisdom to lead. And men, you have been called to lead. You are, the, you are the head of your household. But are you a servant of God? Because only that will unlock that leadership potential that is hidden inside every man. No matter how many we lead, the important part is serving God and doing what he says to do. No matter how scared we get, no matter the odds, because see, guys are really good at fighting battles that they think they can win. Are you good, men, at fighting battles that God said you would win? See, that's what I talked about earlier, the dying to self part. See, we need God in our lives to help us because we can't get there, guys. Your true potential will never be found on your own, only, in being a servant of God. See, masculine integrity is found in serving those that we lead instead of trying to get someone to do what we want them to. See, leadership isn't about bossing people around. Leadership is about being a servant. And I'm so proud that here at Save the Cowboy, we, we are raising up servants. I cannot, just, just glancing through here, I mean, without, without even pointing fingers, I can see servant after, servant after servant after servant after servant after servant after servant after servant that has dedicated their lives to serving God, even if it means leading others. We never, if you want to become the man that you want to be, guys, if you're ready to start becoming, to grab on to the promise that God has made to you, men, it happens through servant leadership, not authoritarian not look at me, leadership. It's how can I do this for God, for the people that he has put in my life. My servant Caleb has a different spirit. My servant Caleb has a different spirit. What was, what was different about Caleb? Well, I mean, we've danced around it the whole time. Number one, he was, and I'm not saying just for the sake of lists, number one. He was courageous. Went into a land of giants to spy, was nearly stoned with Moses, Aaron, and Joshua for wanting to go into the promised days, 11 days after crossing the Red Sea. When God said go, Caleb never said no. Would that be something that God says about you? When I say go, my servant never said no. When I said go, Caleb never said no. Will God say that about you? When God said go, Did you just go, or did you need to pray about it? (laughs) Isn't that funny how we use uh, something as powerful as prayer to think about whether we're going to do that for God or not? Listen, you don't have to pray about doing what God tells you to do. Well, God wants you to do this. God wants you to love your neighbor. Well, I'm going to have to pray about that. No, you don't. You don't have to pray about something God's already told you to do. (laughs) Well, You see how that works out for you. (laughs) And, And I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Sometimes it is hard. And maybe we have to pray for the strength to do that, but we don't have to pray on whether we're supposed to do that or not. We absolutely must be courageous if we are going to have a different spirit. The other thing is he's forgiving. He's forgiving. Caleb was. He was a different spirit. I mean, think about it. You want to talk about an I told you so? If anybody in the world had an I told you so, it was Caleb. I told y'all we should have gone over there. We could have been done by now. Right? But no, Caleb still continued to serve. For 40 more years wandering in the desert, he still continued to serve his God, his leader Moses, and even his own tribe of Judah. That takes some forgiveness because I think... I think I might have been a little bitter, to be honest with you. I think I'd have been a little bitter. But you know what else was different? It wasn't just that Caleb was courageous. It wasn't that Caleb was forgiving. It was that he was faithful. He was faithful. He believed what God said and never let any obstacle stand in the way of that. Man, he believed God. And guys, if we're going to be that, If we're going to be that man that God intended us to be, we must be courageous. We must be forgiving. And we must be faithful. Maybe I should have said fearless, forgiving, and faithful because that's three Fs. That's easy to remember. Right? Faithful. He believed what God said, never let any obstacle stand in his way. You know, all of the people that you can read in Hebrews and the things that they say, hall of faith. Man, all of those people... If they didn't do one thing else good, you know what they did? They believed what God said. If you're ready to take that next step, guys, when you think that, that quite possibly that you might be called to something more than you are right now, it will take courageous. It will take courage. It will take forgiveness because you know what? <laughs> God forgives us, so we forgive others. And that ain't easy. But we must be faithful. We must know what God wants is best for us, even unto death, to realize the path that he's laid out for us. Masculine integrity is found in being stronger than mere might. This strength is found in the courage, forgiveness, and faithfulness of somebody. Because wouldn't you want God to say that to you? My servant has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly. Is that who you want? Isn't that that who you want to be? My servant Caleb is a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly. What does that look like? What does it look like to follow somebody wholeheartedly? Let me ask you a question. We live in the greatest country in modern times, full of opportunity, full of, I mean, so much freedom that people are hanging themselves with it basically, right? They have forgotten about God. But we live in one of the greatest, most profitable countries that has ever been on earth. And we worship God during it, right? But could you worship him still if you were a slave your entire life? Where manual labor, where people were dying at 25, 30, 35, just from sheer hard work. Could you still worship and follow a God that allowed that in your life? Caleb did. Could you stand your ground? Could you stand your ground against millions of people just because you believed God? Because there was millions of Israelites, right, that came out of Egypt. There was millions of them. And yet here is Caleb and Joshua basically standing up to the entire Israelite nation besides Moses and Aaron and saying, No, we can do this when millions said no. Would you cave into peer pressure? Or could you stand your ground not because you believed it, but because god said it that's somebody that follows god wholeheartedly would you lead a battle when you're over 80 years old because you were still doing what god asked you to do or are we tired now <laughs> well i've y'all know how i feel about been there got the t-shirt been there done that got the t-shirt ain't no t-shirts in christianity ain't no t-shirts sure we can wear them with the crosses on them and the funny say or the cute little sayings with the bible verses and everything but you know what We are not done until we leave this earth. Caleb followed God wholeheartedly, not just when he was young and a slave, not just when he was ronder in the desert, not just when he stood up to 80 people, but he still wasn't done yet because God had told him to go in and take possession of the land that he had been given, right? My gosh, how would you like it if God said, my servant has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly man if this doesn't reach into your crawl and tug on something that you know has been there we need to talk because god does want something more for you he wants something mighty for you but you can't have it unless you become a servant of his you can't have it unless you have a different spirit than that of this world and guys listen i'm telling you man one of the worst things that y'all can do for your souls man is to try to live in the kingdom and the world at the same time. Trust me, I've tried it. It don't work. It will lead you away from God. So if you've been having one foot in and, you know, trying to keep one foot in over the line of heaven and then keeping most of you over here in the world, if you ain't all over the line, you're not, you're not over the line at all. You were meant for something more than you are right now. And I know a lot of you have come a long ways, but we all still have a long ways to go. See, masculine integrity follows God to his promises and takes possession of them. How many promises has God fulfilled in your life? Isn't it time to follow God to his promises? God didn't bring the promised land to them. He brought them to the promised land. And you're on a journey too. And some of you feel like slaves right now. I know you do. Some of you, man, you, you, you came in here and you, and you gave it your all, right, for a little while and you came back and you were fired up and then nobody really noticed what you were doing. Nobody saw the sacrifices that you made, guys, so you went back out into the desert. But it's time to come back to the things that he has promised you men. And he's promised to raise you all up, to be servants, to have a different spirit, and to follow God. Wholeheartedly. And if I haven't convinced you, men, that this is important, let me give you one last little nugget that might encourage you. Everybody, anybody ever heard of the judges of Israel? So between this time of occupying the promised land, between that time And the time when the people cried out to God to have a king, Israel was ruled by some people, men and women, that God raised up to be the defenders of Israel. He gave them supernatural abilities and wisdom because they were followers of his. They were called judges. There was no king. There was just people that God, regular people just like you, that God raised up. And the very first judge was a guy, I don't really know how to pronounce his name. It's like Othiel or Othniel or something like that. He was the first judge of Israel, and Othniel was Caleb's son-in-law. See, the way you live your life rolls downhill. He became an example of what it meant to be, to be a servant of God, of what it meant to be, to have a different spirit. Caleb showed the first judge of Israel what it was like to wholeheartedly follow him. Servant leadership, a different spirit, and following God wholeheartedly has lasting blessings, not just in our lives, but in the lives of those that come after us. Men, is this... Building something up inside of you because what Caleb left is the same promise God makes to you of leaving a legacy, a legacy of servanthood. A legacy is my dad, my uncle, my mentor, my spiritual guidance guy, my coach, whatever you want to call him, whatever they call you, showed me what it was like to be a servant, to have a different spirit and to follow God wholeheartedly. That is what a legacy is. And legacy can only truly be left with masculine integrity by following God.